people to know today that God is here with us. How amazing is that? And you know, he's not here because of the fantastic music. He's not here because of our sweet singing. He's not here because we can feel him here. He's here by his Holy Spirit because he wants to be here with us. Can you believe that? God wants to be here with us. That's amazing. The Bible tells us where two or three gather in his name and in his name by faith, he promises to be here with us. And that's a beautiful thing this morning. Our faith pleases him. We heard Sam speak last week about faith versus tradition and change. And today we're going to be having a look at faith versus our fears. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you're here with us. You care to be here with us. And you've got something to say to us this morning. And whether it's in the words I speak or whether it's the prompting of your Holy Spirit to individual hearts this morning, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We want to hear from you. Give us big receivers this morning. Help us, Lord, to turn our receivers on and hear from your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read from James, and I'm reading these verses from the message version, uh, so it might look a little bit different if you have a traditional Bible version, but I do love the way the message highlights some of this, and as I read this during the week in preparation, it really challenged my heart once again. So James chapter 2, starting from verse 14, says this, Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags, half starved and say, good morning friend, be clothed in Christ, be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? They speak my language here. <laughs> I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department, I'll handle the works department. Not too fast. You can do no more, you can no more show me your works apart from faith than I can show you my faith apart from works. Faith and works, works and faith fit together hand in glove. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you had done something wonderful? That's just great. Demons do that. But what good does it do to them? Use your heads. 
Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? Wasn't our ancestor Abraham made right with God by works when he placed his son Isaac on the sacrificial altar? Isn't it obvious that faith and works are yoked partners, that faith expresses itself in works? That the works are works of faith. The full meaning of believe in the scripture sentence, Abraham believed God and was set right with God, includes actions. It's that mesh of believing and acting that got Abraham named God's friend. Is it not evident that a person is made right with God not by a barren faith, but by a faith that has fruitful works. The same with Rahab, the Jericho harlot. Wasn't her action in hiding God's spies and helping them escape that seamless unity of believing and doing? What counted with God? The very moment you separate body and spirit you end up with a corpse. Separate faith and works and you get the same thing, a corpse. Don't you love the message version? <laughs> I feel like you just had a real big telling off, yeah? <laughs> you know, sometimes we confuse our, our human trust with the gift of faith. You know, we're born as children we're born into growing into trusting little infants. But it's not until we believe in Jesus and follow him that real spiritual faith is born in our lives. And it's that faith that we're talking about today. That's the faith the Bible talks about. Now, Jesus likens that faith to the faith of a child but this saving faith that we live by is a gift from God when we choose to follow Jesus. It's a very different thing. You know, it's funny. I was at the dentist this last week and we'd, we'd done the damage and then we had to come and fix up the bill and the uh, receptionist put the card through and, you know, we were waiting for the whole thing to do its thing. And I, I think we'd probably waited 15 seconds, Max. And uh, she said to me, oh, I apologise, it's taking so long. And I said to her, taking so long? <laughs> Isn't it funny how impatient we get? I said, it's not, don't apologise. You know, we, we know that it's got to connect here and connect here and, and spit out the, the uh, receipt. How impatient we've become that we can't even wait 3, 10, 15, 20 seconds, you know, for a cashier to do her thing or, you know, for that instant uh, reward to happen. And you know what? We can be very guilty of doing the same with our faith. We expect instant results. We expect that surge of instant strength and that, that feeling of something to accompany our faith. 
we expect, you know, faith to just result at the warp speed of sound and happen like that. And when it doesn't, we get very impatient and our faith can be drained away very, very quickly. Somehow, when it comes to our spiritual faith, our faith in God, we so often revert back to our human thinking while we're trying the faith thing. And when we do that, we can be so quickly disappointed. And you know, some have even left following Jesus because he didn't live up to their human timeline. And we've got to be so careful in the day and age that we live that we're not just expecting fast faith. And when it doesn't happen, we get discouraged and disappointed and we draw back from God. Real faith is tested. Amen? Real faith is tested. That's where our confidence comes and grows in the testing of our faith. And that takes time. Some things we know about faith. We know without faith, it's impossible to have a relationship with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and Holy Spirit. Without it, our prayers are hindered, the Bible tells us. Jesus is the author and completer of our faith. Faith is a gift. Faith is given in measures for God's purposes. Faith comes from hearing God's word. God's promises in our lives are received by faith. And our faith encourages others. Yeah? But the number one enemy, and there are a few enemies, but I reckon he's number one, the number one enemy of our faith is fear. What do we know about fear? Well, every one of us got it. Everyone ever born experiences fear. It's in our biochemical wiring. In fact, in the medical sense, fear comes from this tiny little thing called the amygdala in your brain. It's literally that big, yet what chaos it can create in our life. Now, fear is a God-given blessing. His design, in his design, it's there to protect us in immediate danger. And how fear is expressed emotionally in each one of us can be very, very different. Fear can even result in physical symptoms like feeling sick, breathless. It can be paralyzing at times. But here's the good news. The Bible tells us God's perfect love will drive out fear. The Bible tells us not to fear. In fact, I don't know how true this is, but I really liked it when I read it. We are told that fear not appears 365 times in the Bible. How's that? One for every day. I need that. I can work with that. <laughs> but you know, I don't want to focus on fear today, but on faith. 
Um, however, we have to remember, we have an enemy. He's called the devil. He's as real as anything. And he roams around like a roaring lion, putting fear in the hearts of people. And if he can get a Christian to live in the land of fear, he knows. He's, he's rendered us inactive and, and we're not going to do much. We're not going to be much. So from the plethora, and there is, of topics around faith today, um, I just want to focus on three. And I trust that God's brought these three to our attention this morning with great purpose um, as we come into the new year. The first is this. Our faith is founded on relationship. Our relationship with Jesus. That's when faith entered our spirits and our hearts. Faith is not magic. Faith is not coincidence. It's the spiritual language of the heavenly kingdom. And when we became a Jesus follower, faith entered our hearts and that became what you might call the currency of how God works with us, faith. And when we took that first step and we believed in Jesus, it was like taking the first step on a staircase, <laughs> one little step and our faith was activated. But none of us saw the whole staircase, right? <laughs> We don't see the whole staircase, but God gifted us and we responded with faith and we started walking with Jesus. We couldn't see the whole picture, the whole staircase. We just started walking. And as we walk with Jesus, we begin to mature and understand and accept our part in our relationship with him. Because a relationship is two-way, correct? It's not just God looking after me. It's me building my relationship with him. And you know what? He's given us this incredible relationship. And we must nurture it. We must deepen. We must strengthen it and fuel it in all the ways that we can. We read the Bible we talk to Jesus, we listen to his words, and we follow him. That's a Christian. And to have great faith this morning, we must honestly and deeply live in Jesus. You won't have faith without a relationship with Jesus this morning. And it won't grow if we don't build that relationship. You know, Jesus doesn't conform to our way of living and thinking. Thank God. Thank God for that. We conform to his. And as we do, our faith grows. And with or without feelings of his presence, we stay attentive in this relationship every moment. You know, in a, in a loving marriage we don't always feel the love, right? Come on. I'm sure if I asked Chris, he'd say the same. <laughs> We're committed. We, we, we love each other. But we don't always feel the love, right? 
And you know, that's why so often marriages don't last. Because they are grounded on feelings. And when the feelings are gone, the marriage is gone too. Our relationship must never, ever be based on feelings. When it comes to Father God, he is fully and totally committed to us. He proved that unmistakably when he sent his son Jesus to die for us. He's holding his side of the relationship. Are we this morning? Do you read the Bible? Think about that. How could I ask that to a church of Christians? Because I've been around a long time. I really have. Reading our Bible is the way we get to know our God better. And if your Bible is gathering dust, you pick it up rarely, you're satisfied with other people's food, the fast food of the little two-minute devotion every morning, you are not building your relationship with God. You must pick up your Bible and read it because that's where true faith is born, out of knowing who he is. And we only know who he is when we read his word. And you know what? What we don't feel with Jesus What we don't feel in our lives with God's word, the enemy is just waiting there to fill our life with other stuff. The stuff that distracts us and takes us away with him. And the devil will fill our lives with thoughts of fear because fear begins up here. And if we don't fill our lives and keep enriching it and feeding it and fueling it with God's word, fear begins to grow up here. Fear of rejection in our relationship with God. He'll say, you're not worthy. You know what you did yesterday. How could God possibly love you? The enemy will begin to sow fears in our heads The fear of disappointment. Ah, so the Bible says God answers prayer. Well, what happened to that one? That's what the enemy will begin to sow into our heads and hearts if we don't fill our lives with the truth from God's word. And when we do that, the enemy can't get a foothold in there because we know who we serve. We know what he says. We know he has plans and purposes beyond my human thinking, far higher, far greater than what I could ever imagine or think. We know him. And so the enemy can just fizzle off. Get out of there. He won't get a look in. Do you read your Bible? That's where your relationship with God, that's where your relationship with Jesus begins It cannot be substituted with any amount of going to church, listening to Christian music, even listening to other people preach. You get to build your relationship with Jesus by reading the Bible. You know, the devil loves to dredge up things from the past. So much of our human fear has been 
um, grown because of our past experiences. And the devil likes to remind us of that stuff. And sometimes we begin to believe the feelings more than God's word. But you know what? We need to get this in our heads today. God is not a feeling. He's not a feeling. He's a truth. He's a spirit. He's a person. And he's always there regardless of how we feel. He is God. (laughs) He's always right. And the beautiful thing is he actually cares for us. Listen to this. Hebrews 11.6 says this. It's impossible. Let me start again. It's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and listen to this, and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. We have to believe that God cares enough to respond to us when we go to him when we have the faith and we talk to him. And too often, because we don't feel that care, the enemy will send that lie to us and say, ah, you don't feel very cared for, do you? God mustn't care, but he does. And so we have to be so careful when we're exercising our faith and building our relationship with Jesus, that we are not putting the wrong emphasis and priority on our feelings. Because God is not a feeling and he's much bigger than that. You know, God wants us to inquire of him. He wants us to ask him. He wants us to listen. He wants us to know his plans every day. How often we let days go by and we haven't bothered to even inquire of him, talk to him about stuff. Oh, he so wants to be a part of everything about our lives. So number one, faith is founded in relationship. Number two, our faith is designed to grow. Let me just read a little verse from Luke 16. A very well-known verse when it comes to faith. The apostles said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. And the Lord answered, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, may you be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. You know, too often this verse is used to support our, I'm going to be harsh here, our dismal satisfaction, (laughs) believing that we just need a meagre little bit of faith. Too often we use that mustard seed and we put way too much emphasis on that when I believe Jesus was saying here, go do something with your faith. Go move a mountain. He actually didn't answer them. He didn't say, well, this is how you increase your faith. He said, come on, even if you have a little bit, if you do something with it, something big will happen. Faith is meant to grow. It's meant to increase. 
The key to growing and increasing faith is action. Just like James told us in those verses, doing something with it. You know, I can't help but think of this incredible facility that we have here today that we sit in and enjoy. And you know, Pastor Nick is a great man of faith. How do we know it? We're sitting in it. We're experiencing it. This building and everything connected with it is here because he put action to his faith. But I believe he'd be the first to agree with us this morning that as a new believer, even a young pastor in ministry, his faith, his faith wasn't ready for something like this. God took him on a journey and in active obedience, step by step, from year to year, Pastor Nick's faith grew. And now we see an incredible result, the reward of faith and all those who participated in that journey. And God has got great plans for the future here too. You know, that's God's desire for each one of us today. You have faith. I have faith. And it's meant to grow. It's meant to grow in the big things and in the little details of our lives Jesus wants us to have faith and act on his word. From 1986, which sounds like a, a lifetime ago, <laughs> but from 1986 to 1996, I spent 10 years as a widow with two little baby girls. And yes, some sadness and grief attached to that, but, you know, during those days, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust him for my every need. And, you know, that faith grew over time. It positioned me for more things that God wanted to do in and through my life. And uh, a little bit on, in 95, I spent time in China as an undercover missionary, English teacher. Ta-da. But I tell you, I'd grown such faith and belief that God could do anything, that he was able to use me and the ministry there in some really mighty, powerful ways. When I was there, I was blessed and privileged to spend time ministering and teaching in the underground church in the city that I was, and the, the great icing on the cake of my year in China was that all of my students, so I was teaching students who were going to be English teachers, so they really needed to know their English. And with some incredible wisdom and faith, God opened the opportunity to show my students, which I think was probably about 200 of them, the Jesus film. Anyone remember the Jesus film? And at the end of that amazing film, there's that moment of response. And so I had the Jesus film in English, because they were English students, right? With Chinese subtitles, so they could get the translation. And when it came to the end, and that response, even though I didn't lead the response, the film sort of does it all. When it came to that moment when it said, pray this prayer, 
I would say 99% of the students that year prayed and believed and received Jesus. And you know what? I wouldn't have had the faith for that. If I'd listened to the enemy's doubts, if I'd listened and gone with the fears he put in me, there's no way anything like that could ever have happened. That was God. And you know what? I've got to confess, even on the road, my journey to China, there were beautiful, well-meaning Christians around my life who tried to put fear in my life because I was a, a single mum with two little girls going off to China. So I look pretty foolish and crazy to a lot of people, including some of my Christian friends. But you know, the enemy of our faith is fear. And God builds us as we act in obedience, as we learn to trust him more, our faith grows and grows. And the fear we must all overcome in the growing of our faith is the fear of looking foolish. Anybody here afraid of looking foolish? Yeah, just about 100% of us, I know. And you know what? So crippling is that fear, the enemy wants to keep us trapped there. The fear of worrying about what others will think. When we step out and exercise our faith, what will others think? Will they think I'm trying to big note myself? Will they think I'm, you know, I'm super spiritual? And you know what, Aussies, we're really good at knocking. We're even good at knocking our Christian fellow man at times. When God has a seed of faith and purposes and plans for someone, we, can, we have to be very, very careful not to knock that out of them with the fear about what we think about what they're doing. We need to be encouragers, amen? You know, social media is such a pitfall for this. We are inundated with what other people think. Enemy knows that. Oh my goodness. But I love, listen to this proverb. I love it. Proverbs 28.1 says this, the wicked flee when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. And you know what? People flee when they're afraid and oftentimes we flee because we're listening to the fear of the enemy. We're listening and worrying about what other people are going to think if I go do what God is asking me to do. But we can be bold as lions. Amen? Bold as lions in our faith. Why? Because we know whose opinion matters most. Yeah? And we know that Jesus believes we know what he believes and says about us and we have a confidence that wherever he takes us he's promised to equip and empower us resource us as we remain faithful yep so faith is founded on our relationship with Jesus we need to deepen and strengthen it faith is meant to grow and increase and thirdly, that leads to this very thing, that faith must be followed by actions. 
And James had a lot to say about that. Faith without works is dead. And we don't get to be the faith department and someone else gets to be the works department. He was very clear. Faith and works go together. And you know, God has given everyone here today, I can say this with 100% confidence because the Bible tells me this, God has given everyone here today gifts of the Spirit to be operated by faith. He's given us talents. There are good works that are ours to do because of our faith in Jesus today. He has significant, eternal, life-changing jobs for every single one of us. No matter how new we are to Jesus, if we've been walking with him a hundred years, no matter how old we are or how young we are, he's got things for us to do. Actions and responses to our faith. There are pastors and teachers, evangelists and prophets, and apostles sitting here today. They're not in the front row, they're back there. They're you and you and you. God's gifted the church. There are people with the gift of wisdom and knowledge, discernment, healing, the miraculous sitting here today. There are missionaries, church planters, youth workers, children's workers, counsellors. There's visitors, encouragers, disciples, those with hospitality, caterers, servants, all gifted this morning by the Holy Spirit with good things to do in response to our faith. These are your actions. You're a gift to the church of God. You're meant to partner with Pastor Charles and, and the team here at Uni Hill. And you need to stir up your faith this morning, get your spiritual gifts happening, get them into action this year. God has great plans for Uni Hill. Apostolic Church and he wants you to get your faith into the right gear for the next season. Amen. When Pastor Charles brings vision to the church in our services over February, will you fuel that vision with your faith? Or will you allow some of these fears to Sneak in. Oh, we don't want to look foolish. Is that really God speaking? We don't want to be disappointed. Aren't we happy with what we got? We need to fuel that vision with faith and partner with Him. We need to stir up our gifts and our talents. We need to put our faith into action and build the church. Amen. You know, we have a beautiful saying in our church. It's our, our theme. Restore, raise, and release. Yeah? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you this morning. Some of us here are stuck in restore. 
you're stuck in restore. And that's okay. God loves us and cares for us. And life for me has been full of restorations. (laughs) But don't get stuck there. Get your faith into action. Allow the Holy Spirit to raise you up and position you where your gifting, your spiritual gifting, whatever talent God has given you, can be put to work by faith and build His church. Why? Because we want a lovely church? No, because there's lost souls out there in this community who need to know about Jesus. And we're the ones here to shine that light, yeah? Every time we take a step and obey God, we build faith. Those actions create a new history. It creates new triggers in our spiritual life that trigger faith instead of triggering the negative things. And that's what we need to do. We need to build a new history, a new load of experiences in our Christian walk that trigger faith. So we grow from faith to faith to faith. Amen. You know what the social climate we are in, in this world is designed strategically by the enemy to make Christians cower in fear. When you listen to the news and you read that social media, those political posts and you feel the overwhelming sense of the enemy's alive and well. Don't let fear take hold. Remind the enemy who he is. He's a defeated foe. He lost the battle. He's doing his last dirty ditch to damage and destroy what God has created. And we've got to be so careful when we're engaged in social media, and I am, I like it, I use it, but we've got to be careful that it doesn't make us cower in fear in Christians and think we are defeated. That we should just go away afraid, just be nice people, not unsettle anything. We don't want to look foolish. God wants us to stir up our faith as we get into this new year. And if there was ever a time to power up our relationship with Jesus and build our most holy faith, it's now. It's now. As I look back on my life with Jesus, I do fail many times. But my faith has also been rewarded many times. My own efforts never really amounted to much. But when the Holy Spirit directed me and I stepped out in faith, amazing things happened. And that's what life looks like for us, His family. We walk by faith, not by feelings. Fear is a feeling and we need to conquer it by building our relationship with Jesus, by picking up our Bible and reading it. Before you have breakfast and you feed your body, feed your spirit. Read your Bible. Get God's Word into you every day as much as you can. Let that faith grow. And you know, I know there are people here today 
And I do believe God's been speaking to us as He, as he has to me, even in the preparing of this message. And you know you're living for another God and it's your feelings. And today, God wants to say, time to break that. Hey, I'm a super feely person. Ask anyone around my life. I know this battle. (laughs) The battle of living by my feelings and feeling like God's not there when I don't feel Him. We gotta rise above that this morning. We have gotta overcome that fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of disappointment, fear of what others think. We've got to pick up our Bibles and we've got to be people of faith and act on it. And maybe here today, you're, you've come hoping to find some faith. <laughs> maybe your life has been looking pretty sad and disillusioning and you've come to church this morning with a searching heart looking for some hope and faith and some, some other answer, some other way. Well, you know what? Jesus is your answer this morning. He is the answer, a relationship with Jesus. And I promise you, with every ounce of my being today, Jesus' life is a life worth living. It's phenomenal. So I wonder if you just bow your heads for a moment. Do some work with the Holy Spirit. Do some work there. Just let the Holy Spirit shine His light. We need to overcome our feelings. We need to be people of faith. If we've been letting fears, the fear of disappointment, fear of failure, fear of what others think. If that's been driving our lives, we need to surrender that over today and let God in. Let Him in to a whole new level in our lives. If you want to respond this morning, I'm simply just going to ask you to stand where you are. If you want to say, yeah, I'm responding to your Holy Spirit's nudge this morning. I know I need to activate my faith in ways that I haven't before. If you know you have a gift on your life this morning and you've been sitting on it, you know, God's stirring that up this morning. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray for a whole new level of faith. Respond to the Holy Spirit this morning. Just stand quickly and we're going to pray together. If that's you, do some business with God this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, forgive us for the times we've worked so hard at being self-sufficient, forgetting our need for you living independent of our spirit and our faith. Help us to keep your words of truth planted firm within us and give us the strength to grow our faith and to obey your word this morning. And when the enemy reminds us 
where we've been and our feelings overwhelm us, we will trust Your voice. We will hear it, hear it louder and clearer and stronger than anything else in our lives. As You remind us how safe we are in Your purposes and plans. Father God, shine Your light in us, through us, over us, Your church, that we might overcome the fears. Give us the boldness to act on our faith and make a difference in this world. For Your glory, Amen. Amen. Take your seats there for a minute. I just want to mention one more thing and Pastor Charles is okay with this and some of you would have already heard that Franklin Graham is coming to Melbourne. And uh, you know what? I have a real conviction in my spirit that this is one of the most significant spiritual and eternal events to hit Melbourne for many, many years. And God's been preparing His church, the big church, in many, many ways for this moment. You know, 60 years ago, Billy Graham was here and over 130,000 people responded and gave their lives to Jesus. You know, the church is united and Melbourne was blessed. And I believe it can happen again. But you know what? The enemy wants to sit back. He wants the church to just relax back and think, well, this is another nice evangelistic event. How nice. Someone's coming all the way from America. How nice. You know, we'll, we'll say a prayer and, you know, we'll pray God's blessing on that. But you know, this is an opportunity for Australia and for our city here, Melbourne, to experience something of God like we haven't in years. And so I'd like us as the church this morning to put our faith into action and stand and pray for this incredible event. And if God puts it on your heart to be involved, to unite with other churches, and be involved in this, then put action to your faith and get involved. God's visited cities and nations many times in history. Sometimes the church was on board, other times they dropped the ball. And I'm sorry if I get a bit passionate here, but guys, we, we mustn't drop the ball. The church of God beyond these walls needs to unite in faith and believe that God can do something very, very powerful in Melbourne again through this evangelistic crusade where the gospel goes forward. There are sons and daughters out there who belong in God's kingdom and they need to hear the gospel. And here we've got the wonderful Church of America sending someone over to us on God's timetable to make a difference. So can we stand this morning? Can we action our faith as a very little part of God's very big church and believe that as Franklin Graham comes and preaches the gospel, 
around all the capital cities of Australia. And then here in Melbourne, God is gonna do it again. He's gonna transform lives and transform our communities because He loves us and He wants to. Can you believe with me this morning? Come on, let's pray. Father God, we join our faith this morning and pray for Australia. We pray that Your church unites. And as the Gospel is preached in every capital city, the Holy Spirit will capture hearts so they would repent and be saved. We pray for revival in Your church and a great harvest of souls. Lord, we ask that Melbourne would be transformed. Let the waves of Your love and mercy flow through our city. We pray for young and old that You will open blind eyes, break the chains and people will turn to Jesus. We ask, Lord, that You do it again. Bring revival, build Your church. We agree and declare today together, Australia is the great south land of the Holy Spirit and it belongs to Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. If like me, you'd like to keep praying, keep being reminded to pray for Australia, there's a little thing that many of us are doing around this nation and we're setting our alarm on our mobiles to 7pm every night. And when that alarm goes off, we shoot up a prayer for Australia. How powerful that is. Short or long, when Christians unite, amazing things happen. So I challenge you, maybe take that on. Seven o'clock every night, shoot up a prayer. Amen? Thanks, Pastor. Let's give Irene a hand. Thank you very much, Irene. What a great, encouraging word. Take that to heart. Why don't you invite someone to go along to the Franklin Graham event. It's, it's actually mid-February. It's on a Saturday. It's free to go. You just need to grab your free ticket online. So it's on Facebook. It's on the internet. So just in terms of numbers, I think it's actually at the um, Melbourne Tennis Centre. So why don't you put your faith into action? Don't be afraid. When you invite someone to go, here's something you can remember. Even if someone says no to your invitation to go, just remember that Jesus had a few no's said to him as well. You're in very good company. It's about faith. It's never about the outcome. It's about our faithfulness when God prompts us to invite someone. Hey, if you prayed a prayer of faith for the very first time when Irene led us um, just before, we have a gift for you. It's a little explanation on who Jesus is. It's a Bible. You can grab one either from myself, come up to the front here, I'll give you one, or one of our hosts will put one into your hand. Just go and ask for one. Absolutely free, no obligation. But if you want some help in finding out who Jesus is, who is this God that we worship, this is the information, and we're happy to assist you in any way that we can. We're going to finish by singing zeal again. And don't rush off at the end of our service. Remember to catch up, have a coffee.